Welcome to the Marketing Agility Podcast, where we discuss all things related to the growing field of agile marketing. This podcast is co-produced by Frank Days and the Agile Marketing Alliance so that we can learn, share, and grow together. I'm Frank Days, and here with Jim Ewell, we will be your hosts for today's episode. Joining us is Elizabeth Venter. She's an Agile Transformation Lead and Experienced Agile Coach, currently leading Agile Marketing Transformation at Agile Sherpas. Prior to Agile Sherpas, she worked as an Agile Transformation Consultant in various industries, including financial services and automotive. Elizabeth, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Frank. And hello, Tim. It's always um, a pleasure dealing with you, Frank, and um, supporting the Agile Marketing Alliance. Well, in this episode, we'll be exploring how Agile can help you manage workflow, how to get executives on board with measuring outcomes, and what to do about those pesky status presentations. Let's get started. So, Elizabeth, let's start with just a small question, all right? What do you see as the differences between Agile transformation and Agile adoption? Jim, that's such a good question. The Agile adoption really applies to adopting an Agile framework. It can be Scrum, Lean, or Kanban, and then following the underlying processes toward accomplishing the goal. It's more about embracing different Agile practices to enable process change and improvement. It doesn't take a long time to implement. The organizational structure stays the same, and very often that approach is limited to teams. Agile transformation, on the other hand, now that really focuses on holistic change for the marketing organization. So embracing the agile mindset and the processes follow to accomplish that task at hand. So agile transformation benefits originate from both being agile and doing agile. Now it can take years to accomplish and it's actually continuous because you take that PDCA approach, and you want to continuously optimize and continuously improve. A big thing about Agile transformation is that the organization structure is is rewired. So change in the approach at the organizational level. Elizabeth, we talk a lot about resolving bottlenecks in an Agile process. Can you elaborate a little bit more about your approach? If we want to look at resolving bottlenecks in the flow of work, Taking that more agile transformation, that more holistic approach, one that looks at the ecosystem that marketing operates within is really handy. And bottlenecks are created and embedded in the way the ecosystem interacts. So this includes leadership and marketing stakeholders, the processes and systems that regulate and enable the flow of work, and then obviously the teams themselves. So often when I work with marketing organizations, I find that individuals keep bottlenecks in place. So for example, long approval processes seems to be an issue with a lot of marketing organizations. Now often those processes are governed by individual executives and managers that want a stake and a say in what a campaign looks like, how it's executed, so they keep the status quo in place, creating waste and delays in the system. And if I had a dollar for every time I heard an approver say something like, I don't like that image, or the font is too small, can I make that bigger? And having people rework that campaign, I would be a very rich woman. So if you want to optimize the flow of work, you need to apply systems thinking. It doesn't help you just optimize one part of the process and expect a significant change in the flow of work. So again, that's why I emphasize that holistic approach to agile marketing transformation. Encouraging clients to really see agile from an organizational perspective 
and not just something that's for teams. It should be a way of working for everyone. You've talked about some of the challenges, like executives wanting to keep a tight rein on what's that image, what's that font, you know, all that sort of sort of stuff. Yeah. Can you tell me about one of the other sort of high-level challenges that do you see companies experience when adopting Agile in marketing? Having a really clear why for Agile is so important. So leaders can say they want faster speed to market. They want efficiencies and effectiveness, better ROI or to be more customer centric. So those are all possible outcomes of Agile. But what I really want to know is what's your problem statement and why do you believe that Agile is a solution? So without that clear problem statement and that clear why, so a real North Star, an Agile implementation can just quickly become rudderless, just another change initiative, instead of a way of working and being that permeates every aspect of the marketing organization and beyond, delivering lasting change and business value. I really like this, this whole idea of finding why and doing that problem statement. Do you also hear that there can be a difference between the executives who they have their reasons for their problem statement and why they want it, And the people who actually need to make the change, you know, the teams and the individual contributors who they may have a different thought about what needs to be done. Do you see a difference between the people who want the change and the people who have to make the change? Yeah, definitely. So often executives, they're following this strategy from the CEO. And often the CEO says, we are going agile. And then there's a scramble. We've got to do this. For the people, that need to work in this different way, they may want a better organization. They may want a different culture in the organization. They might be bogged down by micromanagement where the the executives want to go, we must go faster, we must go faster. And the teams really want to say, what should we be focusing on? What's our strategy? Why are we doing this work? And I think that's one of the fundamental things that needs to be shifted in the way that, hey, we're going agile transformation. That needs to be communicated to teams. What's this why? What are we trying to achieve here? And why is this better than what we're doing at the moment? Yeah, I always think of like those cheeky comments where some people are saying, hey, we want to do the same, but just do it faster. Yeah. (laughs) And I I think, you know, if if only life were that easy. I've experienced this where teams can spend a lot of time trying to create transparency around them with their agile process. Personally, I've even come to the point where I've had to create status decks for Mm -hmm. people upstream and downstream and and horizontal in the organization. What tips do you have for managing execs who refuse to use the visualization tools that you have at hand? As marketers, we love our PowerPoint decks and we love a red, yellow, green status report. So again, if I had a dollar for every time I had to burn the midnight oil producing one of those reports, again, I'd be a rich woman. For executives, letting go of an established way of working, it can create anxiety. Sometimes a physical report on your desk gives you a sense of security. You know, things are on track, people are busy. But as an executive, ask yourself, how often do you read those status reports end-to-end and have the time to actually respond to them? Are they actually proof that people are working on the right things at the right time? And then go a little bit further and ask yourself, what's the opportunity cost of pulling 
those documents or reports together? What other valuable work could the team or the individual be busy with if they were not busy with yet another report? 100% of the time, when marketing organizations come to us for agile transformation, they say, gosh, we need better visibility, better transparency of all the work and the capacity within the marketing organization. Now, if reports work that well, why would we then be struggling with visibility? So these reports, they're not real time, especially if they're physical. So as we're producing them or reviewing them, that information is already out of date because things have shifted and moved. When you access a digital platform, though, that allows you to track the work in real time, I think that's a much better use of an executive's time. Elizabeth, you spent some time in the automotive industry. What are some of the lessons that you learned there that could apply to any industry? So there's a lot of moving pieces that you need to manage, say, when you're launching a new vehicle. Now, a fundamental tenant of successful agile is descaling work. And we found that to work very, very well. So what I mean with that is breaking down a big bang campaign into smaller pieces. Now, these smaller pieces allow you then to test and experiment with different messaging, imagery, channels. And that's very useful. Also seeding messaging over time and building experiential pre-launch campaigns instead of waiting for an official launch. Well, from my experience, it helped us to fill order books ahead of the actual launch of the vehicle. So that's a win in anyone's book. What I also find with marketing organizations and automotive is that they really invest in MarTech. So tools to drive optimization, personalization, and data and analytics. These tools can be so helpful to teams dealing with such high complexity. Another thing I've come to value about these automotive adult teams, and that's something that can really relate to any industry is how they partner with their agencies to drive agile ways of working. Now, ensuring that your most valuable partners, so that could be agencies, it could be legal, compliance, and any other partners that you've got to work with closely, ensuring that they work in agile ways of working as well. Gosh, that could just create so much synergy and such a close partnership, right? There's consistency of the way of working. And then you start looking at the support coming through for that very, very desired outcome of faster speed to market, creating less delays, less waste, and overall a smoother flow of work. When we talk about measuring workflow, how do you avoid the trap of measuring output and focus more on measuring outcomes? You know, moving to outcomes over outputs. That's always an interesting topic. Now, leadership and executives, they really want to create business value. I've yet to meet one executive that's not interested in that. And in as much as that's true for executives, for what they want to drive for themselves, now, so it should be true for teams and individuals that actually form part of the organization. So I usually start with wanting to understand How is value created in the organization? How is it measured? If that's not clear, we encourage the leadership team to develop quarterly OKRs, not only annual, but but quarterly. So having clear strategic goals as well, and then share that not only with the teams in the marketing organization, but also with the stakeholders, you know, to create that vertical and horizontal alignment. I think it was of it as one of the important ways to really change strategy and planning 
for the marketing organization. Now, having OKRs in place is great. What you also want to have is a prioritization framework so that the marketing organization really knows what to focus on at all times and then matching that capacity of the teams with the prioritization and the measurement. Now, when marketing leadership shifts their thinking away from just pushing as many campaigns and initiatives out as possible to focusing their attention on prioritizing capacity for the highest value work, that conversation around measuring teams and individuals based on outcomes just becomes a no-brainer. Now, what I'm describing surely doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes some time, effort, leadership commitment to go that distance. But it links again in with the start of the conversation. It links in with the start of the conversation about the difference between agile adoption and agile transformation. If we want to drive lasting change, we need to shift our people model. As long as we are measuring output, our people will behave according to how we measure them. It's really a decision that executives need to make. How do they want their people to behave? Drive outcomes and value or just keep doing what they've always done if we measure them on output? Well, Elizabeth, what happens when leadership wants to measure output? How does that change things? So if they really want to measure output, you know, it really links in what I've said with behavior. What we've got to understand is if we keep on measuring people the way that we've always measured them, their behavior is not really going to change. They'll have an individual mindset and not a team mindset. So collaboration really suffers. The quality of what the team's producing when they have an individualized mindset, it's just not the same as when you are measuring the team on valuable work. It's so redundant in in the digital age to keep on doing things the way that we've always done them. We really need to shift the way that we measure people if we want to drive business value and business outcome. Are you finding that executives and individuals are willing to be measured by the team results rather than individual assessments? I mean, that, that always strikes me as a challenge. It is. It is definitely, Jim. And it's a tough switch. But I've seen how that actually uh, not only transforms the organization, but accelerates agile adoption. When you change people's KPIs and when you start looking at behavior as well, too often people are measured just on how much they're producing. And if they're hitting those key things that are sitting in their KPIs and we forget about how important behavior is. And the same thing goes for executives. So if you want an organization that creates lasting business value, that operates in a new way, a modern organization that has a new way of working, you need to shift behavior as well as not only, and not only measuring, you know, the results. So agile is so people-centered. It can really create a different environment within which people work. You want more happy, motivated people that pull together and get work done, then change the way that you're measuring them because then you're going to change behavior. Now, not everybody, Jim, is going to like that, to your point. Right. And one of the tough things that we've seen happen is sometimes people exit because it just doesn't work for them. And very often that's high performers. But toxic leadership behavior, toxic 
team and individual behavior, there's no more place for that in the world of Agile. Right. Well, Elizabeth, I thank you for sharing your wisdom today. Affecting change in complex systems in these larger organizations can be hard. And uh, I think many of our listeners will find some value in what you shared today with the different suggestions and, and thoughts. So just as a reminder to our listeners today, you can find old episodes of the Marketing Agility Podcast at agilemarketingblog.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, join the Agile Marketing Alliance. Jim and Melissa, we're now in GA and we now have how many members, Jim? Oh, about 750 members. Great. We're excited. We're trying to continue to grow from there. So please stop by, join, join the conversation. Thank you everyone for joining today and please stay agile.